I'd like to just say right up top that the views expressed by the guests and hosts of this podcast may not reflect your own, but it's all for entertainment, so there you are. With that being said, ever since the dawn of humanity, we have come together in celebration. <laughs> Combining the best in arts and science, music, technology, food, and more for great big parties. Now, here's the ultimate party, a podcast where we talk about parties, what makes them great, what could use some improvement, and what are the commonalities between them all. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but this podcast is hosted by the Woolums, two brothers who love parties and now get to talk about them. We're based in Denver, but we travel all over the world, and hopefully we will throw these parties for you and you will be there. We've got a great episode for you today. We are speaking to Dan Hurdle, lyricist, songwriter, frontman of the band Versus the Inevitable, who are releasing their second album on Cinco de Mayo. And, oh, they're having an album release party at Lost Lake. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be sweet. And this podcast is just really good. It's one of my favorite episodes so far. So we're just going to get right into it. All right. Hey, Austin. Hey there, Kyle. Hey, I would like to start this episode off with just a moment of just wonder, because we're in a wonderful backyard in Denver, Colorado, and we're outside in nature, and it's always good when that happens. And birds are chirping. It's pretty mm. neat. It is pretty neat, yeah. I, I, I always will like to do this shout-out, uh, volunteermatch.org. I got it wrong last time. I said it was Volunteer Connect, but it's Volunteer Match. Volunteer you know, match. if you want to do some volunteering in the system. You got any, you got any news to share? Um, Opio and the Syzygy Orchestra tore Red Rocks to to its core. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was phenomenal. Also, if anyone knows who played with Sun Squabby on Saturday at Red Rocks, they there were three people which I, I know of Sun Squabby. And then there were six people out of nowhere. And no one no one said who they were. Whoa. So I'm intrigued. Yeah. D- email email Austin A at Willems.com. That's just the letter A, not A Y. You know, just A at Willems.com. And or you Hey, know, what up at Willems.com? Yeah. Or or just give us a call at four two four two four two three three eight one seven. No two threes. It's just three eight one seven at the end. I'm sorry for the stutter. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, there you go. With that being said, we have a great guest here today. We have Dan Hurdle, the lead singer and frontman of Versus the Inevitable. What is up, Dan? What's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me on the show today. Yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting us into your backyard. You are making a giant coat hanger. Please explain this to me because I've seen the sticker. I have the sticker on my laptop right now. But for those at home who don't understand, what are you you (laughs) constructing for your show? Well, Kyle, I'm building a six-foot mobile with uh, nine planets and the sun, I'm keeping Pluto in there. But uh, yeah, we no have uh, so it's a six foot uh, PVC pipe model with uh, I ordered um, varying sizes of nylon lanterns, and I'm going to nice. put 360 LED lights in them Holy that are going to run off a remote, and then we're going to hang that from the uh, from the ceiling of the venues that we plan over the next year. 
so do you have a tour lined up right now or are... we, we got a few shows lined up we're gonna play may 5th at lost lake for our album release and then uh the album's called grit and grace and it uh it's our sophomore effort and super proud of this one and then our next date after that will be august 3rd at syntax physic opera um Ooh. down on south broadway there that is gonna be sick i cannot wait i already have my tickets for the lost lake show which wait is that where it is Yes, yes. Yes. May 5th is at Lost Lake, Cinco de Mayo, Saturday. It's going to be a big day for us. And oh, it's going to be huge. And you, and from what you told me, you're doing both CDs and vinyl for this, yeah, right? We did a 498 record vinyl press for this album, artwork by Dustin McNaugh. And uh, yeah, it's sick, man. We're really excited about it. We were... Sh- Dustin McNaught, that's the one that works with us at Cosmos and does all the sick tattoos, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we were shouting out to him on the last one at his Pushing Lines Tattoo Artistry, man. Yeah. We're going to have to get him on the show one of these days. That is super sick, man. How does it feel to be on vinyl, man? That's much more solid than just a regular CD. It's definitely a dream, man. And it was a, it was a lot of work. And, uh, you know, it's a bit more of an expensive process than pressing CDs. And... Uh, but it's kind of one of those like childhood dreams. Like once you have that in your hand, you're like, all right, I don't, I, I can retire now. <laughs> it's been done. All right. I just think so many vinyl. people talk about like going through their vinyl collections and like reminiscing and stuff, and yeah. to, like think that people out there will like go through their collections and just see your album. Yeah, it's it's super cool, and you know from. You know, I think we tracked 11 musicians on this record and uh, just so excited. The collaboration with my keys player, Will Snyder, um, my co-producer and electric guitar player, Alex Tyler, and all the other guys who, uh, Madeline Rose, who's my female vocalist, Mad Dog Friedman, from top to bottom, like is such a... uh, such a good record that we're so proud of and from the artwork to the to the material it's like the full package i think and i think once people start to to put it on the record player and hear what we've done i think it's going to be something significant in the denver scene this year for sure oh for definitely for sure man i i'm psyched about it we're obviously hyping it up right now on denver's premier party podcast Mm mm-hmm Sorry for all those peas in the microphone right there for anyone <laughs> listening at home. But uh but yeah, dude, that that is so cool. So with with all that being said and promoted and out out there in the ether now, I think it's time to ask the question, the one question What's we the ask question? on this podcast and Willems? that is if you were to rule the world, well, maybe not even rule the world, but if you had access to whatever resources you needed to make it happen what would your ultimate party be okay i had a little bit of time to think about this today and i've decided that i would fly everyone that i ever was cool with and that even my travel buddies from overseas my buddy frank from germany my buddy pete from australia you guys are invited as well. Yes. I'll fly you guys out on the private jets that because mm. we're. This is assuming that we have unlimited resources. Unlimited Most resources. Definitely. I mean, it, this is 
the ultimate. We had one guest say he would ground all the planes in the <laughs> world. <laughs> his ultimate that, buddy. That is pretty elaborate. I know. No air noise I mean, he was. He definitely went big on that one. Yeah. Uh, I I will accept the flight. I think yeah. that would make me feel much more comfortable than knowing that planes are being grounded at my expense you know <laughs> I, we don't need to ground the flights people can go about their daily business but they won't understand that we're going to be flying everybody to an island in the south pacific called morea morea yeah off the coast of tahiti Ooh. there's no uh cable lines or electricity lines anywhere we're gonna freaking light it up with uh heck chinese lanterns sound good that we'll light really the whole good. island up and uh you know, we will just throw down whatever you guys want, man. You know, you're talking to a sober guy, so I'll probably just be on a bunch of pots of coffee and some Cuban cigars. Fair enough, hey, that's all you but need, I will really? fly in all the booze and all and and all the uh, the extracurriculars that you guys want, and uh, I'll sit back and uh, enjoy the show. Fantastic! I really respect that because one of the things that we say on this podcast always is you don't need drugs to have a good time and party. I mean, you don't. We, we, we both, yeah, we both know a lot of people in the program who sometimes go harder than some of your drunk friends at, oh, yeah. at shows oh, yeah. and stuff. Also, there's people that take too much and then they can't maintain and it's <laughs> like asking at reality in the corner. That was me. <laughs> so that's why I've, that's why it's been a uh, thousand plus days of, of not doing anything at all other than coffee and nicotine. So Congrats. it's, uh, but I try not to judge people for, for how they want to get down and have a good time. Cause I, Lord knows I've gone through my share of, uh, parties on both sides of the street. So oh, yeah. right. I'm a I'm an equal opportunity partier now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a it's like religion. Yeah, like whatever works for you, do you? Don't exactly. Force it upon me. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody should uh, figure out what what works for them and go with that and enjoy themselves. And mm. as long as you're being kind and and compassionate to everyone else, like I, th- I feel like you should be able to, you know believe in what you want to believe and do what you want to do all the time you know yeah I, it really uh, people talk about privilege and i feel privileged enough to believe what i want to believe and do what i want to do within reason you know i'm not getting naked in the streets but i don't really want to do that <laughs> you know cold. what i'm saying <laughs> not anymore not anymore right exactly <laughs> maybe, maybe when i was a kid there were definitely a few instances in uh, the local swimming pools but <laughs> but uh kyle's not allowed at local swimming <laughs> no. Yeah, no not, not, not since not, the incident <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh um, but with that being said, it really bums me out when I f- see people who don't feel that they can do that, who feel that they have been somehow contained by a society that doesn't accept their beliefs. Yeah. And and that is nice that you create a party haven on this. What's the name of the island again? The island's called Morea. Morea. Have you been to Morea? I have. That's Ooh. why it was a, a while ago. It was probably eight years ago. And... uh it's just the most beautiful place I've ever been, I think, and super quiet. So we're, we'd we'd get our one night there, and then we'd have to scram because they'd probably kick us out. <laughs> all the locals <laughs> like, and we had this quiet, peaceful thing going, mm-hmm. and now all these people are tearing up. 
yes. becomes a new hot vacation spot. Yeah. Like, no, yes. what if I start? <laughs> I'm probably blowing it up right now. I don't tell very many people about it, but it's uh, it's a French island, and it's it's just glorious. A lot of people go to Tahiti, but if you hop that boat, it's about an hour and a half, two hours by boat over to Morea. It's super, super chill. There's surfing and hiking, and it's one of those, like, volcanic postcard islands that you see and you're just like i could stay here forever i have a very similar affinity for the isle of santorini in greece where i went there and just fell in love with it and it's it's pretty big we got three different cities on it and it it wraps around a volcano so you don't really have the volcano on the island per se but the whole thing just is a crescent moon around a volcano and i thought to myself listen i gotta put on this red rock show on april 1st 2020 but after that i kind of just want to <laughs> screw off to santorini and just spend the rest of my days on the island i heard the greek islands are where it's at i've never been but uh my sister's been and everybody talks it up, and it looks beautiful from the pictures I've seen. Oh, yeah, I'm very picturesque. It's so funny because on one side of the island, you it's almost indistinguishable from any small town. I mean, you, especially a tourist town. You got your little shops. You got beach. It's pretty cool. And then on the other side of the island, it is very much the picturesque white buildings blue domes and that's where the ritzy shopping district is and i don't know if i've said this on the podcast before but when we were on the ferry over there there were a sea of asian tourists and we never saw them for the whole trip until we went to ia on the other side of the island where it's the ritzy shopping district and there they all were. It was not really, oh, that's where they've been hiding. I was so surprised we didn't see a single one of them. But there were here so they many, are. and then they and were gone. very much the postcard part of this island. The rest of the people were at the mall, huh? Exactly. Everyone was at the mall. <laughs> we were just chilling on the beach, drinking a jug of $3 wine, you know. Oh, yeah. We went to the uh, Greek islands. We went to Taco Bell and Hot Topic. It was yeah, there was an Applebee's over there, too. I just really delved into the culture, you know? Amazing. <laughs> so dope. So how big is this island? Um, it's probably 35 miles diameter. It's wow. not big at all. I rode my biker. I rode a beach bike around for the time I was there. I was there for two weeks. and uh, What? Did a bunch of snorkeling and hiking. And uh, yeah, man, it was rad. I loved it. It was like... Uh, I was going through a rough patch in my life, and I needed to get away, and it was nice to uh, to get over there. I stayed at a guy's, on a guy's family's property. His name's Mark. It's Mark's Hostel. And Shout out to Mark. Yeah. Please. Mark, if you're listening out there. He was the man. He was one of those guys who would tell you that, uh, he would never tell you exactly how far anything was so that he wouldn't <laughs> discourage you from going there. So he would be like... Yeah, go uh, go over to uh, this uh, little hut restaurant. It's uh, it's not far up the road, and like you'd start walking, and like seven miles later, <laughs> the, the hut would be there. Not far at all. Just go on over. Take your beach bike. Go for a little cruise. Mark, that was a crazy walk. Yeah, but yeah. it was worth it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got lost on a hike one day, and I come back just like defeated. And he was like, 
I was like, I think I got lost. And he's like, well, did you make it to the top? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, then you went the right way. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but I ran out of water and I had to kind of <laughs> fell down the side of this hill to get down to water. And he's like, oh, it sounds like you had a good time. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you got sounds, your adventures. <laughs> that sounds like my first 14er. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <made> him, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes panic sets in. You have to do a butt slide down the side. And, uh, it just makes know. a good story. Oh, yeah. It is a, it's a wonderful story. But people there were really cool, man. We saw, like, a, a true, like, Hula show. Like, um, you know, sometimes, like, I went to Hawaii once, and it was a little more, like, super touristy. You know, they give you, like, the the Hula dance. This was, like, a, an absolute, like, locals. It was a play. So they it was about the origin of pearls and like super beautiful i still have video somewhere of that i should dig up and uh, they had everybody come up and dance with them and stuff it was cool man oh that sounds incredible okay here's a question i have this relates to our last episode did they have a uh, pig on a spit or like a wild boar on a spit or anything they had like a full-blown full-blown like meal for sure i was kind of broke at the time so i was like falling on a budget right so everything was uh like dinner rolls and like you know digging up some like <laughs> some apples and and pineapples and stuff it's <laughs> nice that you can actually do that there. <laughs> yeah it's uh well my, my you know when i travel i like to i don't i don't have a lot of money obviously i'm a musician so when sure. i travel i try and stretch as far as i can on as little as i can and uh so, and I also like to live like how like the people where I'm going live and not trying like super ball out tour style and so I like to try and experience the culture of and like how people live where I'm going you know instead of like I don't know as Americans I feel like we go places sometimes and we're just like we try and bring America with us where we're just like oh could we have a full buffet every night and uh, a giant room to sleep in and a king size bed and like I don't necessarily think like tra- that traveling that way you're experiencing like how the how the people there actually live and like you know like hostels and guest houses and and eating the local food and eating with the local people as much as you can I think is the way to go because you actually experience other places you know right most definitely i feel like if we're just doing touristy it's like a stay in zoo almost where it's like you are separated but you can just watch them live their lives yeah for sure i've been to jamaica uh, multiple times and uh the last time i went was for a bachelor party and my buddy he's the he's the the dude who likes to get the five-star treatment and had us booked at this uh resort with all you can eat and uh, i felt like we were going into a cisco buffet like every (laughs) night like i'm like they got fresh fish and like lobster down the way on the beach for like four dollars and we're eating like kentucky fried chicken right inside like these walls that we were not supposed to leave it was like it was crazy man but you know, to each his own. Uh, some people like to travel that way and you just hang out on the beach, but, like, I'm more trying to dig into, like, where I'm going. Yeah, when it's I like the RV campers. You're yeah. like, what's the point of that? Yeah. You're not even in nature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going up to the mountains this weekend with my camper. It's like, but there's tents. Yeah. <laughs> I brought my laptop, some movies. You know, I'm going to have a nice, peaceful weekend. <laughs> I'm just going to... 
for a stop on down to the KOA. You know, know, sometimes, uh, you know, when you're in like a national park or state park, that's straight because like that's pretty much the only way you can camp in some of our parks out in Colorado is it you got to go to the designated sites and Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to do, you have to camp at the designated sites. But if you're going out to a forest or on the road somewhere, it's like pitch the tent. Right. Sleep outside. Find the know. flat part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, you know, life's too short to sleep inside all the time. Right. I feel that one hundred percent. Back when we were kids, we went to two different lakes. One in Nebraska. One in Wyoming. It was Lake McConaughey and Lake Seminole. And Lake McConaughey, beautiful lake, beautiful lake, and. They had a water slide, but you're essentially in a trailer park for the time you're there, right? I mean, right, you right. watch the uh, the TV show Trailer Park Boys, uh-huh. and with the exception of the Bottle Kids, that's basically where you are, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, Lake Seminole, they do have a similar vibe. There is a boat club with different trailers and stuff, and shout out to those people because one time they bailed my car off a sand dune when i got stranded out there so boat club at seminole you rock but what we would do is go way down to the sandy beaches and then we'd set up these different encampments and for some reason we always camped away from the main group but that uh those parties would just rage and then you'd have people just riding ATVs through every which way, tearing it up, shooting guns, lighting off fireworks. And I mean, they would bring like a tower of beer and it would just be gone. But, but it was a totally different experience between the, Oh yeah, we're, we're in a very, so it's, it's, it's society, but less so. And then Seminole was just, this is the wild West, man. We burn it down, burn it down. <laughs> yeah. Burn it down, burn it down, burn it down. But it was kind of nice. Cause like, like with that lack of rules, you could just see like people doing poi or something on the edge, and you just wander over to their campsite and be like, "Hey, can I party with you guys?" <laughs> yeah, of course, man. Come on. <laughs> okay, but the the linking thing between awesome camping trips and this awesome party on Moray, Moray, right? Moray, Moray, M O O R E Moray. For those of you trying to leave it get alone, there. but yeah. also go there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Will there be a crazy Go there, bonfire? but never tell anyone about it. <laughs> close friends. Only close yeah, friends. Yeah. Will there be a crazy bonfire? Oh, yeah. We, we, will, uh, we will light a giant structure on fire on the beach, and, uh, and we will have all of the food. We will have uh, roasted pig, um, buried and smoked for a day, however long they do it in the South Pacific, but they do pig right. They bury uh, it and smoke it. Yeah, they bury it and then they, uh, they, they kind of they. Okay, so they. I'm trying to remember exactly how they do it. They, there's two ways to do it. You can do the the rotator above ground, mm-hmm. but the authentic way is that they heat stones up to like a gazillion degrees, and then they dig a hole and then they put the stones in with the pig and then they bury that and then they smoke the pig underground. I'm hoping I'm telling that story correctly, but right. I believe that's the proper way to do it in the South Pacific is is they bury the pork. I'm definitely not going to Google it while we're recording this. Yeah. So 
for now I'm going to say you're right because <laughs> <laughs> it definitely sounds. Uh, you know, there was a time before Google where we just uh, there was a time of wonderment and and uh, <laughs> whatever you say, I believe. It. Yes, yeah, it definitely sounds dope. <laughs> Even if it's not the way they do it, that's how I want it to be yes. done when we're on this island. Exactly. If that's not how they do it, that's how we'll do it. Exactly. <laughs> and then we'll have all the pineapple, you know, because pineapple's the greatest. Um, Eat it every day. Bananas. Um, you know, what else could we could we have there? We could have some, some all the unlimited barbecue skewers. Ooh. Um, you know, Make we're just going to just get down, Dude, you know, on that beach. That honestly sounds awesome. I love how, like, I, I feel like drugs can kind of like bring together familiarity sometimes it can also breed paranoia and stuff but like <laughs> food will always bring people together no oh matter yeah what. oh yeah it's uh food to me um is is a very good way to get together with friends and and my roommates are all cooks so i get the benefit of them cooking every once in a while for me and cooking an amazing meal and uh you know, as musicians, we're also chefs. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of... It's either that or waiters, honestly. <laughs> yeah. what, do you, what, do you, what do you do? I'm a musician, so you're in food service, are you? <laughs> you're right. You got me. That is exactly right. Wrong. That is exactly right. Oh, man. But, no, uh, you know, I've... Uh, yeah, I've done a bit of traveling, man. I, I can't preach it enough to to Americans to get a passport and especially you know some young kids that we work with over at the shop um, I always tell them you know like get your passport get out of this country as soon as you can and experience other cultures because it's great you know vacation in the US we, we really do we have everything as far as landscapes go um, True that. we have beaches we have mountains we have the whole thing but I think it's important to gather a worldview from the time you're in your young 20s to the time really until until you pass that like you should be experiencing the way other people live Mm -hmm. and the way um other people um experience the world because that gives you a more gratitude especially when you come home to appreciate the the great things that we have here in the states but also gives you compassion and sympathy and empathy and a world view of how everyone else is living and i think that's important something that we're missing in american society these days is like that view of like how good we have it and also like that other people don't live although they live differently than us there's still great things about everywhere else in the world oh you know most definitely um that was one of the things that kind of shell-shocked me is when I went to Europe and such, a lot of the times you're traveling, you're going to touristy places, a lot of people would go to Paris, and I, granted, I was saying how cool Santorini is because it's so laid back and such, but keep in mind, it is very much a tourist place. That mall section is all made for tourists. Um but there was one trip I took where it was basically, I'm, I would say I was dang near homeless. I somehow found a way to put a roof over my head every night, whether that be a cheap eight euro hostel or 
taking a ride home with someone in a nightclub or something like that. But it was interesting because I had no money. It was very much what you were saying of the taking a little and stretching it out as far as it goes. And at points I was flat broke and I was just crocheting hats and selling them on the street to basically make way. But then you meet so many people that way and you realize that our problems are not and it wasn't so much a culture shock just because you're in europe right but they speak a different language but normally they spoke enough english but you have the same problems people romanticize europe in a way where it's like oh america is so this way but in europe they do things another way no they're just living day to day like you or I are. It's just they have different taxes to pay and different money to spend and older architecture. It's it's you find a commonality in the human element. Oh yeah. Yeah, human beings are very much the same from Africa to Europe to South Pacific. Everybody's just, you know, trying to minimize their suffering and be happy and mm. and wander through this crazy experience that we call living it's uh pretty intense you know it's a it's a strange thing we got i feel like if you're if you're dealing with your own problems like as as a person it's hard to take in your friends beliefs or how they're living and stuff like that and it's the same with the nations like if we just get beat down with america problems like yeah whatever's going on in spain i don't care or syria do what you do uh you're good but to have that empathy and to to kind of know that like their problems are our problems we're all one people and we don't have to shut them out yeah absolutely i, I feel like when the astronauts um when they interview astronauts and they talk about how when they're looking down at the world it's very surreal and amazing because they they get this deep understanding that like we're all just floating around on this giant sphere there aren't really borders anywhere Mm -hmm. you know these are all concepts that we've created to divide ourselves up into these little boxes and like in the end in the reality of it is it like we are all just humankind. There are no like Americans or Mexicans or Europeans or we're actually just all humans, you know? And like in the end, you know, these are, you know, with climate change and population growth and the real, these are human problems. They're not just problems of like the Middle East or America or there are problems that we're going to have to all one day wake up and have an understanding that we're all one people and we all need to like figure out the solutions to these that's why i'm kind of waiting for aliens to touch down <laughs> like whether whether they're friendly or they're trying to kill us it's like well at least we're not them right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i mean at, at this point we we don't even have neanderthals or whatever apparently i was reading this article that was saying there was seven different types of interlocking species before humankind took over and just either by disease or warfare or whatever kind of just took over the planet and became the dominant humanoid form and so we don't even really have that anymore we are if anything the least special we've ever been you know as in terms of nationalities and stuff i mean there used to be a time where you approached another humanoid figure and it was radically different DNA than you, but now we are 
super similar. And my question is always, where do you go from that place of oneness? Because I feel love in my heart, and I feel as if we are all one. That being said, I'm not about to go to Syria where there is a crazy despot gassing his own people to say, hey, guys, we're all one, man. Like, And, and the best way I've found to express that is through music, right, just trying to get a, a message out and to put people at ease and give them a reason to gather, right? It's a universal language for the universal people. Right. For sure. And I, I think there's been a, um, there's a, a professor out there right now who's been talking a lot about existentialism and that I've been keeping an eye on, and he talks about how it's important to make sure that we not we we think about cleaning up our own lives and doing what we can for the people around us and ourselves you know and he uses the analogy of like cleaning up your room and like taking care of first things first you know like the world's problems are so deep and all nearly impossible for to take in sometimes especially with the media being the way it is we get pressed with all this negative information all the time it's like but if we just focus on like cleaning up ourselves and doing the things around us to make other people around us happier and compassionate and ourselves more understanding and compassionate that spreads you know it's like wildfire you know if if you're kind and you're happy and you're peaceful to the people around you that next person that you're that way to is going to spread that to the next person and it continues and continues like solving the problems in the middle east are so overwhelming that like oftentimes like we get caught up in these cycles of thinking but unless we're trained in those fields and like um and we have the knowledge to actually do something about that, like actually dwelling in that all the time, it can be a negative space to be in, you know? Right. And I think with, with those two ideas combined of like doing what you can in your own right and I guess world travel to like while you're doing what you're doing in your hometown, go out and then kind of like express that love and gratitude elsewhere. To have more parties, like the party you're saying, of to like get a bunch of people from different cultures together. Yes. And just from like, oh, you're Australian. Tell me about that. Yeah, for sure. And even, uh, you know, I was in Africa four years ago. Dude, there's no way it's been that long already. Because yeah. I knew you when that happened. Yeah, and was, you were so psyched to go. Yeah, man. Oh that my was gosh. Uh, that was an intense trip. And like... Um, you know, you you get over there and you and you understand that like you understand what real poverty is first of all, but you also understand that like people are happy without anything. You know, like there, I met the happiest people that I've ever met in my entire life in absolute poverty, and they were absolutely willing to like cook me a lunch and talk about like what it's like back here and like talk about their families and like. Man, it was such a deep spiritual experience because I understood that, like, again, like we're what we're going back to earlier is that everybody is the same, and like that material things oftentimes complicate 
the a living a life because we get caught up like oh this next thing is going to make me happy this next car is going to make me happy this next you know if i just had the wife that i wanted or the kid that i wanted or if i could just get the job that i wanted but in fact it's like you need to you need to become the person that you're supposed to be and be happy in that and the other things that come along are just peripheral and like you can be happy with and living in a hut eating fish every day on a beach somewhere you know like you don't need we get caught up in america striving for the next thing and it's like oftentimes you get that thing that you're striving for and you're still like is this is it i'm still not happy you know right and i think jim carrey what you know was talking about this a lot of people think he's off his rocker but it's like no he's just talking about that like oftentimes we we imagine that this these things are going to make us happy but like what what really makes us happy is like fulfilling ourselves as a human being you know meditation and finding ourselves and being able to deal with like the momentary passing of experience you know but i full-heartedly agree i've been thinking about this a lot the this is going to get into kind of a weird zone right now but it's the difference between uh masturbating with or without pornography right interesting hear me out on this uh, I, I'm sorry for any listeners who don't like to talk about these kind of topics but what I've noticed is you go to let's say a porn site this is this is a thing that's been rehashed in many a stand up special by many a people they have commented on it the whole you get done, you close 50 tabs. But even before <laughs> even before that happens, right? You go to your porn site and then there's there's 95% filth that you'd never be into and then you have to go searching for the one thing that turns you on and after a certain amount of time that thing gets weirder and weirder and weirder, right? You and just start making exceptions. You're like, <laughs> you know, I'm not into midgets, but uh, but now, right? Like normally that girl Grosses me out, but I'm done with all the regular tall people porn. So <laughs> my roommate's coming home in five minutes. Gotta right. finish this up. You gotta, fast. you gotta figure something out, right? And what I've noticed is that we're all guys here. Um, I women write us at k at williams.com or a at williams.com if this is the same for you. There's a difference between ejaculating and like having a full-on orgasm. Because sometimes <laughs> you're just like. Eh. And then other times you're like, nice. I really did myself a solid there. And so, <laughs> pat on the back, me. Right on. All right, now I got sticky fingers. I'm feeling but. myself. <laughs> so, so you have that version of it, and that, and that to me is this kind of mind state that America is in right now, where we're all in that porn mind state of with the whole like, oh, I've got five minutes before my roommate comes home. I only have, I mean, YOLO. I gotta figure it out right now. And then if it's not as awesome as it couldn't be, if, what, what is the thing I need to be doing? to get myself off right here and it gives them the existential equivalent of ejaculation with no orgasm meanwhile you can you find yourself in your bed you maybe maybe you wake up with a boner and you're like <laughs> oh shit 
nice. And then you, you, you're like, I bet I could tug on this. And then you're imagining maybe a special someone. Maybe you're imagining like someone's voice that you heard that really turned you on. And then and they're saying in your head whatever you want to be said to you. And they're just like, you're the fucking man. And you're like, yeah, I am. And you're feeling yourself. There's no longer just one hand on your Johnson. You're like feeling your ribs. You're like pinching your nipple. And then all of a sudden you have this like earth shattering revelation. You're like, I could have been doing this the whole time. Why am I spending so much time watching all this gross porn that makes me feel sick and like subjugates women and stuff. Like we could have, we could have just been happy from the get go. Just wake up with a boner and just, wow, feel yourself and feel like express that. And then, and then when you have those kind of experiences, I feel that you're much more willing to take it to the world you almost feel like you have something to share that's gross i'm not saying go up to people <laughs> on the street like want to hear something amazing yeah so this morning check out what i can do <laughs> but but um but yeah you feel you're like wow somehow i have found a way to love myself doing this and i feel as if i can bring that to another person and and love them the way i love me and the way that i'm just happy after this it's in like a a way. self-actualization because every right. time it's practice so anytime you tell a story or enjoy a moment it's like you figure out how to do that better whereas the people that like sit at home and watch other people party on like jersey show or something then when they actually try and do it they're like i don't know how to do it this sucks I don't <laughs> like there's nothing like the jersey show i've been pumping my fist for hours <laughs> i missed life when it was easy and i was just sitting on couches yeah that was an amazing analogy from <laughs> American materialism in the comparison to online pornography. I'm blown away. I'm Kyle, that was that was a beautiful tie together right there. Well, well thank you. <laughs> it's poetic. It was. It was poetic, I, 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 for I sure. I must admit that there was... There, it's it's been some things that I've been knocking around in my brain for a while, but it was kind of off the dome in the cup. I feel like that's one thing you can only say once on the podcast. That's like beautiful, if some man. other guest brings up materialism, it's like, well, have you heard my thing about masturbation? <laughs> I know the listeners have. <laughs> I hate those egotistical people at parties. Yeah, it's like masturbation. <laughs> imagination. You gotta find another metaphor at some point, man. <laughs> Yes, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's the human experience, you know. Whether you're in you're in Africa or Europe or South Pacific, everybody is just trying to get through this thing, you know. And uh, I feel like uh, it's interesting when I hear people, and it's not to minimize problems in the U.S., but sometimes when people are complaining here i i have a I, ha, I have to like conjure up the sympathy because i've seen people living with an absolute you know can't even take their like kids to the to the hospital when they have malaria because they're they just there is no hospital and it's like and it's interesting here like even when you're in poverty in the united states it's like you're not going to go hungry you know there's always going to be and this isn't to minimize being poor because i'm poor <laughs> this is oh, just yeah. to say that like no, when i need to go sucks. to the doctor i can go to the doctor when i need food i can have food when i need uh 
any one of my basic needs met in the United States, I get them met. And in other parts of the world, that's not always true. And it's, it's interesting to see those same people who can't get their, their basic human needs, human rights met, they still find a way to smile and still find a way to offer you a meal or a bed or or anything man it's it's amazing traveling so if you're out there listening get yourself a passport americans actually have the lowest rate of passports in the world or one of them that's crazy i think that like in a land of so much excess and privilege like we should be we should be going and getting our passports and going and checking out like how other people live around the world because it's it may not be the way we do things but like at the same time everywhere around the world is beautiful and the people all around the world are beautiful it might give us some ideas what you just said made me think about something though is there a hospital i know we got into these really deep conversations i'm going to bring it back to surface level of the logistics of your ultimate party is there a hospital on this island there is there is a doctor i'm not sure if there's a full-on hospital but we will maybe we'll have to fly in a couple a couple uh doctors and a couple nurses right just to be safe because it's the mark um, of a great party right yeah (laughs) exactly definitely probably going to need to bring some iv bags in yeah (laughs) i mean even a show at the first bank center has some paramedics there (laughs) we'll fly them and we'll fly in the first bank center uh paramedics Paramedics. they do a good they do an incredible job here in denver taking care of people and and getting them home safely I agree. One time I was in a festival in Spain and I woke up with gauze on my arm as if I had been in a paramedic tent and I don't remember it, but somehow they patched me up (laughs) through a language barrier. And so a shout out to paramedics. You're really doing the best work. If you do anything in healthcare and you're not gouging people for money, you know, you're amazing. Yeah. You're accepting Medicaid and Medicare. You're amazing. You're a hero. As far as baseline goes on, uh, that opio show on Saturday, there was a kid laying down at red rocks for like a good two or three hours of the show. And there were some people that kind of checked up on them, him, and he seemed fine, but it was he was just disoriented. So I guess, like, just shout out to the people of the world to, to, to like, know where your friends are and to make sure yeah. they're doing good. Because, like, paramedics can do their best, but, I mean, you're the, you're the first wave of defense. Right. So just make sure your buddy's up. And yeah, take Ounce care of, of the people around you. Ounce yeah. of prevention is where the pound of cure. Amen. Right. I mean... Jeez, I remember one time I passed out at a Renaissance festival just because I was tired. I didn't get yeah. a lot of sleep last night, the night before. Too much mead. Too much. No, Ooh. not even that. See, <laughs> that was the assumption everybody made. Everyone was passing me, and they're like, hey, ye, hey, ye. get this drunk man out of my sight. I'm like, I'm not drunk. I'm just tired. <laughs> so sleepy. I'm on a grass uh, field. Just chill, man. Yes. 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 So... When you say close friends, how many people are you thinking are going to be on this island party, not including the native islanders? I'm going to say there's probably 200 people nice. that uh, I've known throughout my life that I would want to be flown in there and, and hang out with. You know, we, I think we meet in our lifetimes hundreds of thousands of people, oh, and sure. we probably have experiences with thousands of people but i think there's 200 people in all of our lives where we're like 
yeah, I think that's about right. You know, 200, I heard, is the number. There you go, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I heard I heard 150, so I, I, 150. I'm starting to think you're a superhuman of some sort. You get 50 more than the average person on the planet. So... That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Did you yeah. even know that about yourself that you have a superhuman social network? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I've gone through waves. You know, I've gone through having a just a ton of friends and acquaintances into having. I moved out here and distanced myself from a lot of people, and um, now I'm kind of like rebuilding that social web a little bit and letting people back into my world a little bit because. Uh, I don't know, had to reassess after a, a while because I was, uh, you know, I wasn't always, uh, I was making some bad decisions when I was younger and um, I don't know if they could be considered bad. They were just decisions yeah. and you get yeah. to a point in your life where you're like, eh, I kind of want to change some things yeah. and I had to take a big step back and, uh, and you know, not in the healthiest way, I isolated for a while and uh, started trying to figure out who I was again and realized that this music thing was uh something i wanted to pursue and then from there i've been kind of building a network of friends and people out here in denver and um building that social web back up i guess it really seems to be paying off i mean that first album is all debts paid yeah correct? all debts paid was all the first paid. one yeah, yeah it did well it was uh the mile high blue society self-produced album of the year we finished second in the colorado blue society voting nice um, well done yeah it yeah. was a uh definitely a, a a cool pat on the back and a push forward with this thing because you get in music you know sometimes we don't uh we don't know if something's going to be accepted um and most of the time we do things just because we like how it makes our, our, us feel. Yes. And like when we have other people pat us on the back and say, Hey man, that, that was a, I really dig that song or I really like the album or n most of the time it does not equal financial success. So if you're in music and you're, or you're just getting into music and you're trying to put these unrealistic expectations on like, on success and you're attaching like financial goals to that i w i heavily warn you that in this in society in the state of music today that it's a dangerous thing to do because you're you're setting yourself up um there's so many options in the digital age for music that like just pushing a single out oftentimes it gets just lost in the in the ruckus of online um music so it's really important that musicians also promote themselves and create their own websites and push their music um, through their own channels and not rely on on uh, somebody else to do it you need to be your biggest promoter and you know it's work you know it's taken right. three and a half years to get here um i got a website up i got i'm distributing my own stuff on my website and through Bandcamp and itunes and spotify and all that but it's really important that you you have to be a jack of all trades in in music these days because there's just not people out there there's just so much music that you need to push through why do you think we run a podcast because there are a couple of people out there who um really have a knack for musicality and i want to say lyricism but that's not quite it just 
their workhorses, right? And they put out just album after album after album after. There's a one person in particular I'm thinking of. His name is Nether Friends. Okay. And must have released. I don't know, 12 albums. He's one of those people who release like five albums a year. Yeah. And at a certain point, it's almost inaccessible because that's just too much music. You might as well be a studio musician and help other people out because that's too much music to comprehend almost. Like, I'm not going to listen to five albums (laughs) in a year unless you're King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. (laughs) They uh, put out five last year. Yeah, but they're all all dope. And that was the first time I heard of them. And I can get into a band that's got five albums, so why not just listen to those five from that year? For sure. seems to fly in the face of what I just said. And I'd like to take the path of refinement. I have, what, three mixtapes, four mixtapes out right now. And I don't think any of them are radio quality, and I still think there's room for refinement, and I think it's almost good that people don't know about it just yet, and we can promote it through the podcast and stuff and be like, hey, check out this music, because it's pretty good. That being said, I stand by all of those songs, all of the lyrics, if there's one... There are a few things I'd tweak a lot of the times I'm talking about myself, but you could easily make it more broad just by changing the pronouns, right? It would still fit. I stand by all those songs. I just want them to be remastered and and just redubbed in a way that makes it studio quality, and, I, and I'd like to stand by those. But that being said, because of that, I can't put out just song after song after song so it goes to what you're saying about you have to really be a jack of all trades so we're running the podcast to promote the music to get the money to remaster that to get that and then in the meantime we're playing shows you know we're gotta come out with merch it seems like for sure right i mean it seems i have one of your stickers right now it's a dope sticker and then you're doing the mobile over here to, (laughs) to bring it full circle you're bringing you're you're making this mobile right now that it all creates sort of a look and that's one thing i really admire about your projects coming out where it it seems distinctive you really have a a solid like you embody the blues man. i definitely i definitely like know and i've had um couple my producer and who gave me a compliment one time who said one of the best compliments he's ever given me was that like I know who I am musically and that's like a lot of artists it takes a while to find that like what kind of what genre of music are you are you fit for and not just like what do you like what genre of music do you like but what does your voice tend to what do you what what kind of songs do you write you know and like it took me a long time you know I started with a not a mixtape but a, a live recording at Andy Emmerman's. Was that the three song EP? Little, yeah, it was a three. We, re, we recorded six. I think I released four. And that was a live room recording with me, Harry on, Harry Bergwin on electric and Mad Dog on harmonica. Yeah. And from that, what we did with that was I took that to the venues and I said, this is what we're doing. Right. Well, we, f- we got some bookings out of that, some opening opportunities. And from there, I started developing that sound in in that small group we added a bassist a drummer and then when i took it to to record the full length 
it was still a building project so like a lot of bands go in ready to ready to record the whole album to have everything lined up for me it's like i go into the studio and i like paint my picture in the studio so i have an idea i have the rough tracks i'll have the, the lyrics are all written um but the final additions musically like what instruments are going to be on certain tracks oftentimes take place after the bass and the drums are recorded so it's uh the good thing is that i have this i'm lucky that i have this like view of the album as an entire album before i go in and that definitely was like a lot truer on this one grit and grace that's coming out may 5th was that i had the album itself as an entire thematically what i wanted it to sound like you know and i did some co-writes with will snyder on this one my keys player so we had a good idea of uh we had everything kind of linked together so when it came to recording it we had a good solid idea of what it was and you know i've been practicing lyrically for since i was 13 i've been writing poetry so it was a uh, a natural transition when i picked up the guitar again 10 years ago to move the poetry into songwriting which i think a lot of people um are well-seasoned musicians but it's the same thing like you can be you can put your 10,000 hours in on guitar but if you if you're not putting that 10,000 hours in on the words themselves like oftentimes like the final product is going to be lacking lyrically and so i think it's important for songwriters to practice your craft because it's it's not something that just oh well i have this melody now i'm going to just throw these words on top oftentimes you're not going to get the response you want from he from people because like words hit people a certain way and like right. the well-crafted lyricist is a very important part of any band because it's it's something that not many people have thought about dedicating a lot of time to mm -hmm. so i think it's important like lyrically to to practice your craft because it's the words themselves that are going to impact people in the long run Right, and it, I've found that there's a lot of people out there now that are trying to make their lyrics like popular in mainstream music and stuff like that. And there's a vast difference between that and like actual staying power. So, and but to get both in the same point is incredibly tricky. But just with with actual powerful meaning behind your words rather than just catchy hooks and stuff like that yeah man it's a, you have to really go dig down into the bottom of your soul to find the things that uh that are going to hit everybody i like to think that most of my songs are blues but that there's a there's a message in the song that there's the solution in the song too mm -hmm. and that it's not just like about the problem that there's a solution to the problem in the song too and like sometimes my songs are really dark but I feel like the way we structure them with the music and the cording around the, the lyrics that we, we kind of build an environment for people to dig within themselves when they hear our songs and say, oh, I can relate to that. Like, even though it's a very poetic verse, like sometimes leaving it open for other people to put their own meaning on it is important in a song. And that, those are the ones that have staying power. Like I've definitely written songs where I was like, this could be a popular song in this genre, but it's, it's not, uh, 
you know, I have a folder full of those, you know, and the ones I put out for verses are like the songs that have like a super deep meaning to me. And like, I hope like that I leave them open enough so that everybody, when they hear them is like, oh, I've gone through that. I've been there, you know, and also at the end of the song, there's a resolution and they're like, oh, this is the, you know, there's a way out of this, you know, and a lot of my songs have to do with recovery and like, you know, some of them have names of people that I know that have passed and, um, in there. And they, uh, you know, that's just like how I try and bring everybody into the story because we all know people who have gone. We all know people. We, and we've all made these same mistakes that I talk about in my songs, you know, and I think that it's, it's important to, at least for me, that it's, that writing is like, I get, some therapy in my writing i get to like you know on this album particularly there was a few songs that are nine years old that i never thought i would cut because i was like i didn't know how to present this to people in a way where they wouldn't be down about it and like it took a while to craft the song into something that was hopeful out of destruction you know so and sometimes yeah. in life it's hard to find that hope in the midst of destruction for sure man and that you know that's why we named the album grit and grace because like there's a there is a middle ground between everything everything passes you're sad one day you're happy the next you're suffering one day everything's going smoothly the next day nothing is ever one way or the other that's you like know? i feel i feel there's a lot of music in the world that goes for like the the cheap cuts to uh emotions and it it doesn't have that duality to it like that happy song by pharrell it's just happy I'm that's for all sure. it is for there's sure nothing that and it's a great song you know? it is a, it's it's a great song but there there's no character development yeah you know? yeah, you know? yeah don't trust a song that's flawless to quote 21 pilot <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't trust that song it's flawless <laughs> go going off of what you're what you've been saying about all of this i know my personal connection to your music is when you came out with that original in the brown live recording that you were talking about at Indy Emmerman's house. I was going. Th- what year was that? That was in 2014. 14. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, 2014, dealing with some stuff. The rent was going up. Um, you know, it was. It was a chaotic time in life. I had was going back to school, you know, trying to my my girlfriend at the time was moving away to Wyoming and small cuts was on that original demo and I it just floored me, right? And it was everything you were just talking about with that sort of solemnness, that blues to it, but it was just immediately relatable. And I think that one thing that really gets me in the music industry today is sometimes less is more, almost. For sure. Especially for sure. with lyricism, because I mean, I do hip hop, and there's some artists out there. I mean, just to name a few, like Immortal Technique, Tech Nine, freaking. Gives you gab, Afro, R.A. the Rugged Man, who say so many things so fast. Even Watsky, just kind of like, leave some words for the rest of us. <laughs> and it's all They're really trying to deep, say everything. Right? It's, it's really deep and meaningful, but at the same time, sometimes you almost can't latch on to it 
just because it's there's so much going on and you're just like what but then there there definitely is that that crystallizing factor about the way your music comes together where you say something simple like sometimes what you want isn't what you need sometimes it's the small smallest cuts that bleed and you're just like yes that that is that that that's how i'm feeling it's just all these little things but it, i can't stop thinking about them and and i really appreciate that do you have any songs from the grit and grace like teased out right now yeah there's a, there's a couple singles out there on um on itunes spotify Bandcamp. um what are they are these all versus the inevitable yeah there are three singles off this new album they're called uh first one we released was tuscaloosa um, second one was Horizon, and the third one was Hard Times, which we just released last week. Um, you can check those out at Versus the Inevitable, and that's song verse versus, so V-E-R-S-E-S, theinevitable.com. And uh, check out the music on our website. It's uh, or Bandcamp, iTunes, Spotify. You know, we're super, super proud of this album, and uh, <clears throat> can't say enough about it you know uh yeah you know some of those old songs are uh smallest cuts man it's it's a it's a i think it's something that everyone's gone through where you 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 know there's some sad notes in that song but uh i think in the end it's a it's a relatable song for everyone because we we all sometimes we're (laughs) we're looking past um what we need and grasping after what we want you know and it's uh you know, it's those little things that pile up that start to hurt us, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, I just, all I can think about is it's just internet porn, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like all those little Bringing it all back like, to internet yeah, porn. They, they, they build up, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> not what you need. All right. So we are at an hour, and you, wow. you did. We didn't even have to ask you to plug, man. You just, you, you knew exactly. <laughs> You're like, well, we've been, we've been at this for about an hour. We, we watched the sunset in your backyard. This yeah, is such was, a magical. It was, it was evening. a beautiful, beautiful evening, a yeah. beautiful podcast. I appreciate yeah. you guys having me on. And this is, this is like my fourth media related thing i've done a couple radio interviews and then and this is my first podcast but i knew you guys would be easy to talk to and i'm getting the hang of plugging and going and, like, and uh, slipping in right, slipping in the website here right, and there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's what you got to do it's like you were saying you got to promote okay one last thing before we go i want you to settle the quick question is a concert a party Oh, we got a phone call. <laughs> doing a phone in. Phone, phone in. in. Phone, phone in. A is, is a concert a party? <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right. Then, Sorry, guys. All right. So we have some people saying that there's a difference between concerts and parties. Do you think a concert is a party? I think that a concert should be a party but i also think that we should make sure that when we're going to shows that we're also paying attention to what the guys on stage are doing see because i think that uh i think a lot of times and i've been to a lot of shows lately where people my phone just rang in a podcast mm-hmm. so i'm i'm sitting here being a hypocrite but <laughs> <laughs> where people are on their phones and in, in the middle of things and uh and i think that i think people should show 
the musicians who are getting on stage because oftentimes those shows are costing the musicians money to put on right and i and especially in the denver scene uh recently like the way um these shows are structured it's very difficult for an artist to to walk away um even on a show and when i mean even i mean that they've paid for the rehearsal space that they've paid their musicians who you know are really putting sweat and tears into that show so i think it's important as audience members to make sure that we're putting our phones away that we're being respectful for for all the acts the opener the middle and the end and that like we're being good audience members for them because they're really putting their heart and soul into what they're doing up there and you know we could give our attention in full while we're at these shows and i've been guilty of it just as much as everyone else um of getting sidetracked but like if you're at a show you know there's nothing more important to the guy on stage than like a heart a nice applause you know like even if even if you didn't feel what they just did in its entirety the applause and the standing up and the ovation is a respect thing for like how much work went into like putting that on stage for for everybody you know and so like i think it's really important to like make sure you're having a good time at a show you know make sure that you know your party supplies are in effect and that you're enjoying yourselves but when you're watching the show to like be engaged because those people are really putting their heart out there and i want to like i agree with you wholeheartedly but i just want to splash into not only be courteous to the act that's playing but to the people around you because i've had people that are enjoying the show so much so that they're pissing off four people around them and it's like (laughs) your your enjoyment is not worth ruining multiple people's nights yeah for sure be be aware of what's going on around you all right just one one slight caveat to that um i will say this if you're being boisterous about really liking the show and you're being really into it people will forgive you if you're being really vocal and boisterous about not having a good time just leave that's, <laughs> oh, amen. that's, all, amen. that's all i'm gonna say we amen, were, we were at watsky the other week and there was a guy standing in front of my buddy danny who was just not having a good time he kept shouting at, about it and it's like listen we actually do like the band so like don't speak for us j- yeah just <laughs> get at it but, but for I sure so just people at the, at the concerts there there's a difference between a concert and a party you can have that party vibe but save the phone chats for the after party when you're for telling sure. everybody about how great the show was. how great a show was because yeah. you were paying attention right on <laughs> yeah, well, Dan, yeah. thank you no thank you guys so much man yeah. i really appreciate you guys giving me a uh, give me an hour and uh you know check out check out our music versus inevitable.com we're on bandcamp itunes spotify all that good stuff and uh the album release grit and grace is going to be on may 5th at lost lake lounge we're going to have 12 inch vinyls for sale we got t-shirts on the website we've got cds you can buy it digitally if you prefer we got the whole thing so Boom. yeah, yeah. I, and i'd like to say party on dan i can't yeah, wait to man. see the show on the fifth. same to you guys man i'm super mm-hmm. excited man Right on. Good time. Much love, everybody. Party on. Party on. All right. That was our episode. Special thanks to Dan. Go check out his show if you're in Denver tomorrow, or not tomorrow, a week from now, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo at Lost Lake. It's going to be 
insane it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be off the chart i can't wait to see that thing he's building i can't wait to see all the musicians he's got lined up you right now are listening to the entertainer by scott joplin oh man i am so glad i found this uh if you don't know scott joplin was an african-american composer born in 1868 to two railway laborers and he left his career as a railway laborer to play piano and make ragtime and he became the king of ragtime composing 44 original ragtime pieces one ragtime ballet and two operas to quote wikipedia the article that he's on um okay apparently the music stopped but just real quick i want to let you all know that scott joplin descended into dementia as a result of syphilis so beethoven's not the only one with syphilis yeah take that beethoven um anyway if you like this podcast like subscribe to wherever you're listening to it and yeah all that stuff leave positive reviews or something just be positive in your life i think that the music should just start over and swell up again because you can listen to it again and again and again it never gets old i tried to play this song for a piano class when i was trying to study music in college and i got a b minus and i never really learned how to make both my hands go together at the same time so support skilled musicians it takes a while to learn (laughs) lord knows i was not one of them at the time um yeah so anyway like subscribe all that good stuff leave us a positive review five star and all that why not or or don't i don't i don't really mind i'm just happy that we get to put this out every week and we get to talk to cool friends bye You want to go full D, you're like, welcome to Ye Ultimate Party.